Welcome to the 12-2 podcast where we learn to not conform to the patterns of this world and become transformed by the renewing of our mind so we can test and approve what God's will is, His perfect and loving will. All right, so today we're going to talk about something that's in the news in Ohio, in East Palestine. And what we have is a freight rain, a freight train that was carrying hazardous choo choo train carrying hazardous chemicals and it was derailed. And there were some fishy things happening in terms of the release of the chemicals into the community and there's been some uh, what's called like a press blockout only certain right certain information was released um, and some wasn't. And there's been some boots on the ground, right? People in the community actually right there and they're having their certain opinions and it's a bit different from what you're hearing in the mainstream uh, media. And so we want to talk a little bit about that. Um, really, that's going to be the focus for this episode. So, um, Charlie, what's what's happening right now with this with this spill? Well, ironically, I became uh, heavier involved with what's going on there because in a couple of days, I actually leave to go to Ohio, and I'll be driving right past that area. Um, we also have a lot of business in our roofing company out in the Pittsburgh area, which is right next to there, and I was thinking about stopping through there, but we have a uh, basketball tournament in kind of central Ohio, about two hours west of Palestine, East Palestine. So uh, in diving into that, it's funny you said there's something fishy going on. Talk about something fishy. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of dead fish laying all over the waterways there. And if you talk to the locals or listen to the locals, that's what's happening. Um, I think that this explosion, well, let me go back to the cars first and what the actual issue was. It's my understanding from what I've read and heard and listened to that the train derailment means that something went on one of the cars on the train and therefore that that car came off the track, obviously with the other ones connected to it, and they all smashed together. It is said to be about 20 different uh, cars on the train that came off, and it's said that 11 of those 20, I believe, had chemicals in them. Vinyl chloride. Well, and then that five or six of those had vinyl chloride specifically in it. So there's five other carts that came off that crashed with very aggressive chemicals in it that are not vinyl chloride. So you have 11 total chemical carts that came off. Uh, They're not even talking about the other five and what they are and the dangers of those because vinyl chloride is so aggressive that... Um, they need to focus on that, of course. And then, of course, they said that it was heating up and it was going to explode, so it was better to light it on fire um, was the decision that they made. And they're standing by that decision, saying if they had to redo that decision, they would do it again. But it's one thing for vinyl chloride to spill. It's very dangerous, and the cleanup's going to be very extensive. And it did spill, and there's a bunch of it. But when you light it on fire, apparently it takes on a whole different... um, structure and obviously it goes airborne and it created this huge what they call them plume it's a, basically a massive black cloud that's yeah, scary it wasn't just like a one-time cloud like it continued to just blow up and then it went obviously up into the air and dispersed and started blowing all over to the northeast which is interesting right so like what's dangerous about it um 
Well, you have it in the ground right there, and there's tons of people that are sick. There's animals that are sick. There's animals that have died. There's tons of fish that are dead. There's humans that are sick and having all sorts of issues and, and whatnot. That's the immediate exposure problem. And then, of course, this cloud and wherever it went, we know that uh, if you look at the winds on the days that this happened, the winds were typically blowing north and to the east. And you know, so East Palestine's kind of on, you know, it looks like it's on the northeast side of Ohio, right by kind of Beaver Valley, uh, Pittsburgh area of Pennsylvania. So it's pretty close to Pittsburgh and, and, and Beaver Valley areas of Pennsylvania. So it's very likely that this chemical that got lit on fire blew over Beaver Valley. I don't know if particles came down there, but this is the kind of chemical that, you know, they say that, you know, there's certain things, certain measurements of things like parts per million is a lot of what you hear, parts per million or parts per billion. And they're saying that parts per million acceptable of this chemical is less than one. So you can have chemicals where, like, like say you have a million particles, and if, like, you know, 10 or 20 or 50 of them, like, it's acceptable. It's okay mm-hmm. for your body. But yeah. this is so aggressive that it's one part per million is allegedly uh, dangerous. And I'm not a scientist. You know, this is stuff I'm hearing and kind of passing on from stuff I'm collecting and, and whatnot. But apparently letting on a fire is pretty controversial on whether they should have done that in the first place because it created a whole other issue taking it to a whole other area. And it basically went up and then... You know, who knows where this stuff's falling all over the Northeast. The other big important part of that, too, is apparently when this gets lit on fire, um, it becomes a dioxin. And dioxins are extremely dangerous. So airborne dioxins falling all over the Northeast, where the majority of the population of the United States lives, is a little suspicious on, you know, how did this happen in the first place? And who made that decision? And who made the decision to light it on fire right away? And why they're not talking about the severity of what this actually is. It's just getting covered up by our federal government. The EPA is covering it up. Um, Department of Transportation, like they're, the, you know, again, back to the media. They're just not covering it. They're not talking about it. But this is, this is, an aggra- this is a chemical so aggressive. It'd be like if your two-year-old just took like a bottle of bleach and started drinking it. Like you should be like red alert. This is a major, major, major problem, especially for the people that live right there. So you have the governor of Ohio and other people going onto the news media, going to the tap, pouring out water in a cup and drinking it, saying it's totally safe. You don't need to leave here. Like, we evacuated. You come back. Everything's fine. It's good to go. Don't worry about it. And that's just not true. So we know that they're lying at the core in the center of where all this is, because if you go near it and you try to go around it, it's all blocked off. And you can't access the area, but they're talking like everything's perfectly back to normal and safe and it's a non-issue. So they're trying to like kind of clean it up quietly and they're making sure there's no news coverage and the news is obliging and staying away from it and not really talking about it except for our alternative media sources, (laughs) which we've spent plenty of time talking about in the past and can talk about again if you want. Yeah, well, so... If you were to go to a main media source, what's someone going to hear? And then I guess what's – we were just talking about DuckDuckGo, which I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. It's a different search engine. I think that's a great resource for, for other people to check out, and that might be worth 
tying into this conversation? How do you use DuckDuckGo? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an alternative to Google. Google is a search engine that started with, you know, the more, the more searches something got, the more clicks a website got, the more popular something was, the more it would rise to the top of the search. So it was basically giving you whatever was popular. But Google, over time, wanted to cash convert, and you know, as a public company, they wanted to make billions. And their business model was to take on advertisers. And those advertisers would say, hey, we'll give you tons of money, but when people search certain things, we don't necessarily want them to find our pharmaceutical history of fraud. We don't necessarily want them to find you know, these investigations we're going through. We don't like, protect, our, protect our reputation and we'll give you advertising dollars. So in private contracts on advertising, Google started to manipulate the searches and it was no longer what was most popular. And it became what was most popular except for what our advertisers paid to remove. And over time, Google then entered the censorship world and decided to start putting a political agenda into there and accepting money for that too. And also just doing it because of their political beliefs as a company. And it is now a fully tainted search engine. So I would not use Google ever for anything. The only time I go to my Google is to, I like to search like local restaurants because that's where you'll see the most reviews. That's where you'll see the most information quickly and easily. Like I can just click on a button, get to the website, click on a button and call them. I like it for that component. But other than like searching a local business, I don't use it at all. Um, So I use DuckDuckGo. It does sound funny when you first hear it. It's like (laughs) DuckDuckGoose, but it's DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo.com. It's its own search engine, just like Google would be, and um, it has an app, and that's what I have on my phone. It doesn't. They don't track where you go. They don't sell your data. They don't do any of that, and they're giving you kind of that original first um, thing that Google was, where it's just whatever is most popular. So when you search something like East Palestine and what's really going on there you're going to get the articles that people have been clicking on instead of it being buried by Google, which is part of the corporate media. Hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, The government is, DuckDuckGo, as far as I know, is not taking money from the federal government and direction from the FBI to eliminate search results. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great starting point. So if you want to learn more about the, the spill, I mean, that's a great place to, to start. What's, what would you say are the top, um, you know, we talk a lot about making observations and what are the implications? Like what's, what, what are you, what hypothesis have you made about the whole situation? Like what's, what the, I've, I've read a few different things, um, that some of it is, uh, partly trying to get people to, to leave the area, um, but I'm curious, like, what's your, what's your hypothesis about the whole situation? What, what are you thinking about it? Well, as much as I've been called a conspiracy theorist, I'm actually not very much a conspiracy theorist. I tend to take, you know, it's interesting. You see, like, on the left-hand side, oh, there's nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. It's perfectly safe. Drink the water. Um, this happens to trains all the time. It's no big deal. It's good to go. We're done with this. And on the right-hand side, it's, no, there's a government conspiracy. They intentionally derailed this chemical and lit it on fire because they're trying to kill us all, make sure we can't reproduce or have babies. They want to poison all the land and make sure that the produce is dead and the animals are dead and they're going to keep doing this and they're going to murder us all because that's what the government wants to do. And it's like, 
I don't know, man. I think that some things are too far left and some things are too far right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think politics should be involved in any of it. I mean, the thing that's astonishing me the most is I've always been like right of center. But when it comes to environmental stuff, gosh, I spent a decade teaching people how to detoxify their home and detoxify their bodies with the wellness centers that I started. Like, I would say I'm pretty much an environmentalist. But for whatever reason, I wasn't allowed to be because I was, you know, conservative when it came to my Christianity and my ways of thinking. Like, I just don't subscribe to, like, you have to believe all in this one camp to the right or all in Mm -hmm. this one camp to the left. But it is astonishing with this massive spill that all these people on the left who are screaming global warming, who are screaming, get rid of your cars, they're killing us, and you have to go to electric cars, and they're flying in on their jets, ironically, to tell us to get rid of our cars, that they're absolutely silent when it comes to the biggest spill of the most aggressive chemical right into the environment, right into the streams, killing all the fish. They're silent. They're completely and totally silent. Why? Where's Al Gore? Where's, where's Greta Thornburg? Right? Where's, where's every leftist um, politician? Wh- who, where's AOC? Wh- where's their opinion on the subject? Where's Bernie? Where's Hillary Clinton? Wh- where are all these people that are supposed to be environmentalists? All they're really environmentalists about is getting rid of gas vehicles. And now you got all these whales dying off the coast of New Jersey and up and down, you know, New York. And and you've got, like, something like 20 whales in the past, like, six months showing up dead. It was rare to see one every five years. And they're doing stuff out there for the windmills. And they believe it's tied to that. And the corporate media is like, nope, they just get hit by boats. It just happens to be 20 dead sperm whales off the coast of New Jersey for no reason, or whatever the number is off of whatever right. coast. And corporate media is silent, and all the environmentalists. What happened to Save the Whales? Where are the Save the Whale people? I don't see one of them. Not one. Not being covered, not being discussed. Where are the environmentalists? These things bother me. Huge chemical spills that are like putting off fumes for like months, potentially years. They're saying this is like a mini Chernobyl incident. Like this is as bad as radiation with these dioxins. And they're like, nope, it's fine. You're good. I mean, a whale on the beach is not like a fish on the beach. These things are massive. Yeah. And people in Brigantine, I mean, just surrounding them. Like, what are we doing? We got to bury this thing. Like, what, like we got to investigate like what's going on here. Like the locals, but it's getting no coverage. Not even getting discussed. Hmm. And as long as it's for the sake of windmills, we're willing to kill the whales because the windmills will save the planet. But what is the motive in East Palestine to ignore it? What is, what is, what is, what is it? Like, how is somebody making enough money to direct the corporate media not to cover it? This is a huge problem. Yeah. This is not some minor thing. Back to censorship. Back to censorship. And not only that, but a couple days later, there was another huge explosion at a metal factory in Ohio to the north of there. What are the odds? These things don't happen often. 
all of a sudden they're all happening at the same time, which is going to get people, you know, putting conspiracies together. Well, why all of a sudden are trains derailing when they weren't before? Why all of a sudden is there explosions at factories? It's kind of like all these, um, all these egg factories, all the chicken factories where they make the eggs and all these produce factories blowing up over the past year. All catching on fire. Some of them getting hit by airplanes. Some of them just randomly catching on fire. They have no idea why. And now the price of food is like doubled in the United States. It's crazy, dude. Go to a local supermarket. Look at the prices. It's insane. I don't know how people are affording it. And I don't know how they're not tying it together. So like inflation's one thing, but like burning up all the food supplies. Again, let's go to probability. What are the odds that like? 150 different food supply manufacturing facilities can all catch on fire in the same year. How's that possible? So it's those types of things that make people start scratching their head going, wait a second. This just, the probability of this begs for a theory. Does it not? Like what, what odds have to be, like what percentage of something has to start happening all of a sudden before you pay attention to it. Right. Well, first you got to see it, and most people aren't seeing that. Right. This is as we <laughs> roll out these shows. This is, you know, for anyone out there who's new into discovering information, I'm right there with you. I'm like I'm like your person on the side that's <laughs> learning about these resources and you know curious to find information. And I think that's the big problem. Most people don't have access to the information. Um, and that's a big problem like we dived into right in the last episode. But then it's like, okay, what do you do with this information now that I'm hearing about that? What's, what's the average person to do once they start doing some digging into this Ohio spill? And what's, what does it mean to right, your, your average person? Well, for, I got a confession to make. You know, as I look at people that trust the government and trust the news media, my brain goes, they got to be nuts. Because I've just seen the lies so many times that I've concluded they're not to be trusted. But the confession I want to make is I'm definitely biased in the opposite direction. I first see something in the news media or by the government, and I first assume it's a lie, and then I go get the information, whereas most first assume it's truth mm. and go get the information. So I'm working from it's a lie to start and then trying to find it to be true, and then it's got to be proved. So they're guilty until proven innocent with me, but I know with other people they're innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, And that sort of skepticism or pessimism, if you will, some people would label it as that, would be considered unhealthy in some people's minds, like you shouldn't do that. But how many times do you catch somebody lying before you stop trusting them? Right. It's kind of like the person who has like a child who's like a drug addict. Like how many times do they have to steal and lie before you start to say, yeah, I don't trust anything you say. Yeah, you got to prove it to me. Yeah, now you got to prove that you're telling me the truth versus before I used to trust you. So when trust is lost, that's what happens. Yep. And I think day after day, more and more people are waking up, if you will, to trust being lost with government and with media. This is why you need alternative media sources. Yeah. And 
government is just becoming wicked and evil. And that's concerning because they're in charge of us. They're the boss of us. Right. <laughs> they make our rules. They make our laws. They enforce them. But, I mean, our own government was trying to destroy their own enforcers of their laws, the police. <laughs> you know, like it's, we're in crazy world right now. Yeah. We're absolutely in crazy world and it's going to get crazier. So when incidents like this happen, yeah, there's a bunch of people that really distrust the news media, all of them, the government. And they immediately jump to massive conclusions. I try not to jump all the way to that side. I try to be as neutral as possible. But it's hard after you've been lied to so many times on so many subjects. So that's my confession. That's a, I appreciate that. <laughs> how to get that out. I'm realizing. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes you just scratch your head like, how can people trust? But mm-hmm. it's like, gosh, you've been taught your whole life to trust the news. Yeah, you have. And I know for the older, like, baby boomer generation, they can't see anything because their whole life they grew up with ABC. Right. Well, you even talking about skepticism, um, you know, it had me, this is a confession for me, as we even did our first episode, I'm like, man, I really need to just ramp up my, like, like my, you know, critical thinking skills of analyzing these certain situations and... Because it's so natural for for me to hear something and, you know, and and consider it and, you know, sometimes, like now I'm recognizing sometimes I can allow something to really persuade me just because of my own belief and bias towards that. But more, as we just talked about in the other episode too, that skill, I mean, the great, I feel like a good starting place is the Bible, and doing the due diligence, like you said before, like how do you read the Bible? Because that kind of arms you, it seems like, with the skill to start learning how to make make honest, right? To, how to make a, an honest assessment of something, how to discern something, whether it's true or not. Um, but that's a skill. It really is a skill to be able to get to the place where you're analyzing a situation and you're trying to discern whether it's truth or not. You know, it's interesting when we talk about what to look into and what to investigate, like how much time should be spent yeah. worrying about something that doesn't really relate to you. Like for me, this East Palestine thing, I'm diving into it because I'm heading past it. Right. And we'll be two hours away from it. And, you know, typically what I would do is I would say, well, this is far enough away that I don't need to worry about it. And... What's going on there, I'd rather not sign up to dive into it because it's just going to distract me away from all the other things that I need to do. And I think for some people, that like blissful ignorance is a little too much where they don't look into anything and they're just ignorant to everything and they're just trusting everything and that can hurt you in the long run. Or maybe you're protecting, you'll be fine. Everybody's got their different theories on that. But for some people, they sign up for everything. Everything they see, they watch news all day. They watch some, you know, ultra panicky uh, kind of person that everything they're interpreting is some huge conclusion and, you know, paranoia. And then they live their whole lives in fear. And that's not healthy. You know, we're not supposed to live in fear. It's just not something that we should do. We have to be able to balance the two of not being ignorant, but also not being full of fear and worried 
And you have to really pick and choose what you're going to sign up for when it comes to the world's events. And I mean, we've kind of set out here to discuss these patterns of the world and how to view them. And I think that's an important thing is like, maybe you shouldn't sign up for all of it. <laughs> you know, look at the ones that, right, that apply to you and your life and your family and your well-being. Um, it, it feels like when you say you shouldn't have a fear, there's a caveat to that with the fear of the Lord. Yeah, well, we're told, you know, it's kind of a commandment in the New Testament is do not worry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, Jesus, easier said than done in yeah. certain situations. But kind of like your faith, if you're, if you're truly believing that the Lord is sovereign over all things, like nothing's happening outside of his knowledge and control, and it's a broken, sinful world, and we know that, then there's really nothing to worry about. So... I feel like I'm able to dive into a lot of these things without worrying and analyze them, but I realize very quickly with other people when they hear them that it turns into like a fear and a worry that becomes unhealthy. Yeah. See, I, I kind of like enjoy looking into things and looking for truth. It's kind of my hobby, if you will. You know, but I also want some people to say, well, you know, if I can't, you know, really do that in a healthy way, then maybe just pick and choose what you're going to focus on, maybe watch a little bit less of, you know, because look, whenever you have a platform, the way they make money is by selling advertising. The way they sell advertising is keeping eyeballs glued to the screen. The way they do that is by talking about controversial things that upset people or showing murder mystery shows or whatever it is. Yeah. And most media is going to have controversy or problems. And if you're constantly looking at controversy and problems and it affects you in a certain way and you can't like... You don't know how to process or release it, or you don't have a existing grid of the world that allows you to like just process it without becoming stressed and worried, yeah. then perhaps you need to turn down what you're watching and see less of it and, and reconsider what you're watching in the first place. And start with the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> some of those stories can, <laughs> yeah, they can get you a little fired up too. They can. But, yeah. <laughs> um. But they have the lessons. They have God's lessons through them. Yeah, they're God's lessons to it. To whereas the world's lessons don't really come. They just kind of leave you worried. Yeah, and then you get into certain scripture about, you know, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah. Even the ones that are funky. (laughs) Yeah, but you just think of, like, if people are watching news channels or political channels all the time and their blood pressure's up and they're not processing it well and... And, you know, but they're drawn to like, well, because a lot of people say, well, I have to pay attention to it because I need to know what's going on because and it's like, well, why? What, what is it you're worried about? Well, if we, you know, if we get bombed or if, you know, that's a big thing. Like a lot of people think, oh, we're going to get nuked. So like we got to like relocate. And look, I've gotten my brain to those points and thought about relocating, yeah. you know, like it goes every once in a while. And then I realize, whoa, let me step back here. You know, God's called me to where I'm at and do yeah. what I need to do and, you know, speak to who I need to speak to. Um, so you got you to gotta walk with God through these trials. And that's really kind of the point of all this is let's not conform to this pattern of the world where the world wants us in constant paranoia, constant fear, so they can control our attention, so they can sell us stuff, so they can make money, so they can do whatever and make us feel distant from God. There needs to be time of peace. There needs to be time of relaxation and of not worrying. There needs to be more time of that than there is of worrying, for sure. 
but with the frequency of things happening in the news and in the media with the and the patterns of how they grab your eyeballs now and all the different things coming from all the different angles and all the controversies um i just think that somebody today needed to hear that maybe they shouldn't sign up for all of it yeah yeah it's it's a it's an it's an important even i think for for us thing to be mindful of to to have strike that balance yeah and 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 the talk and that's what i'm curious about today you know i saw that mushroom cloud going back to ohio how far is that spanning and yeah what 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 should someone do with this information what do you think? Well, I mean, if it doesn't pertain to you, then I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. You know? Um, but if you're local to it, like, you should be concerned. Um, but somebody should also just process it. And like I said, because I'm going out there is why I looked into it, because there's a lot of people going out there with us, and they're very worried about it. Yeah. Very concerned about it. And, you know, the conclusion I came to is, like, well, we're going to the west of it. Mm-hmm. I know that the river that runs through that area runs from the west to the east. So anything that's going into the waterways is heading away from where we're going. And then the winds also, the trade winds and the whatnot, typically run to the east from there as well. So everything that's been coming up has been heading east, which is flying right over us, which we live here, right? So going to the west of it, I think, is actually safer than being to the east of it. And I also said, like, where we live, it's, you know, it's exactly two hours to New York City. It's 120 to 125 miles from right where we sit right now to New York City. And we're going to the west of it, same thing, 122 miles west of East Palestine. So it's, you know, if this was happening in New York City, would we be evacuating? No. So then why would we evacuate two hours west of it, which is where we're going? Hmm. You know, so like you have to look at things logically and like not drive yourself crazy because somebody is on the Internet like saying this is the end of the world. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. You just got to be careful. Like, if somebody says the sky is falling, you have to look at that person and say, okay, that's what they believe. I'm not sure if I believe that or not. You can't just take it in and absorb it because otherwise other people would then control your emotions. Right. And as Christians, we're responsible for our own emotions. You know, we should have emotions of joy and peace. We should have emotions of love. We should um, have these emotions towards one another and also towards God. And we should be aware of those emotions, you know, but we should also be aware of when we have other emotions that are negative or frightful and what's causing those. And is it the enemy? You know, because like fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, Mm -hmm. right? So we should have a fear, but the fear should only be of God. And I think the more you fear God, the less you fear other things, because then you realize God's in control of everything. So it's a matter of how you process it. So it's not a matter of never have fear, never have worry. Right. It's a matter of how long do you live in that emotional state and what is it that you're fearing? I fear, you know, for those that are lying, I don't fear those lying to me. I fear what God's going to do with them. So it's just it's just changing up your fears so that you don't live in constantly poor emotional yeah. states because that's not a good witness. A lot of people do that, though. <laughs> Probably. How, how, how did you get to that point? Which point? Of being able to, the point where you are able to, the point where you're able to look at this information and see it for what it is and not get emotionally attached to it. 
Well, I don't I don't want to put it forward like I've arrived at some, you know. Yeah. Yeah, some guru. Exhaustively conclusive uh, guru emotional state where I'm constantly <laughs> <laughs> in one one way or the other. I'm I'm quite the opposite. Yeah. Um I the reason I'm aware of it is cuz I tend to be emotional and I've been emotional my whole life. And so my emotions are typically heightened, but my emotions being so heightened got so exhausting for so long that I had to really focus on emotional mastery. And I think one of the things that I've gone through that you've also gone through is Tony Robbins has some really great teaching on that subject. However, it's a new age religion and you should stay away from it. (laughs) But I learned a lot while I was there and um, really getting a hold and getting a grip on your emotions. For me, it was necessary in life because it was so bad. So it's from having the problem that I was forced to find solutions that helped me. And, you know, I think in today's patterns of the world that are going on, I think some people might start needing to lean in that direction because the frequency of bad news is increasing and the number of outlets that come through a screen and grab you are increasing as well. So, I would say by necessity, I had to learn how to regulate my emotions better and separate myself from them. You know, by, you know, by creation, I'm, I'm an empath mm-hmm. and I can feel other people's emotions. I've gotten better as I've gotten older in learning those boundaries and what to sign up for and what not to sign up for. And I've been able to separate myself and decide when I'm going to go ahead and participate emotionally or not. And that was a very important tool for me to learn as an empath because otherwise the world was just controlling me and others were in control of my emotions. And it was through really, really aggressive, violent things that happened to me that I got to the breaking point where I had to rebuild it and had to start from scratch. And luckily I found, you know, Robbins has got a, a ton of tremendous things from his UPW to his Date with Destiny where I really dove into not only going through it and doing it, but understanding what he was teaching, how and why. And then I went back to all his resources that he learned from and studied all them. And I just dove in for a solid year and a half, probably nonstop of, of getting kind of, you know, emotional mastery, if you will. Um, so that other people can't control my emotions because it's really giving somebody else your power is what happens. You, You know, if you think about it, like traffic's a good example we all fall for it. There's always somebody that does something on the road that makes you just have an emotion that you weren't planning on having. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. We all get into that from time to time. Um, but it's, you know, how long do you stay there? Do you carry that with you all day? Does it aggravate you for an hour or is it for a fleeting minute, you know? And how do you process that mentally and, you know, through your thought processes and get rid of it so that somebody else can't control you? So some people are not emotionally mature enough to handle yeah. the news. And I would recommend not watching it if that's you. And that wasn't a plug for UPW, was it? Or no, it no, no. In fact, I it's it's tough because there's such there's a lot of tremendous things yeah. to learn value-wise from Tony Robbins. But make no mistake about it as believers, his events are absolutely, positively a New Age religion event. It is false God all over it. It is presented as Christian if you ask, and most of the people there are in the New Age religion and don't even realize it, and he is, in fact, their guru. But then he put out a movie that said, I'm not your guru, which only made him more their guru. So it's, um, I think he has good intentions. Uh, I think he means well, but it's a Christless gospel. There's no Jesus in it whatsoever. 
He'll never mention the word of Jesus, never speak it, because he's afraid of pushing people away, and he thinks it's divisive. And I just don't believe a believer should have that theology. Um, let it be what it is. You know, if you're going to proclaim the truth, proclaim the truth. Right. But to proclaim all the truth and then leave Christ out of it, I think, is a Christless gospel. Mm-hmm. But he's giving a gospel of good news. He's teaching people tremendous tools. I mean, life-saving tools. Things that dramatically change the course of my life. But I think for a lot of believers, it's an unhealthy place to be. Right. You know, for me, I'm, I was lucky to get in and out of there. It put me in a bit of a tailspin spiritually. Um, but through that, the Lord used it to strengthen my faith through the way that I was ending up processing it in the long run. But I've seen many people walk away from their faith through going through his systems and become new age where all religions are the same as their belief. Right. That's, that's a problem because mm-hmm. that's an antichrist. Um, you know, as you were talking about, uh, we're obviously talking about, okay, we want to analyze these situations happening in the world and seeing how do they impact us in the first place. There's a certain amount of, I guess you could say, ignorance you have depending on, right, how much it impacts you. And we're here in New Jersey, and I think the example, right, of the whales is just a great, it's a great thing to, right, think about, like, what's happening, what's happening within your sphere that's a little odd that maybe you should be, you know, checking under the hood about. Um, yeah, I've been hearing about the things happening with the whales, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, um, I think a good starting place for people new on this, right, place of discovering events that are happening and how do you, how do you navigate that? Yeah, it's tough because when there's people involved, you know, on one side, like, what's going on with the whales, there's apparently this, like, uh, testing of the ocean floor where they do this minor drilling down there to kind of figure out what's on the floor layers for later when they're going to put these windmills in. Like, what are they going to run into? And, like, they're mapping it all out. And it's supposed to be totally safe and no problem. But there's a correlation of as soon as they started, that whale started dying. So I don't know the ins and outs of what all that entails. You know, they're not blowing up with dynamite or anything like that. But apparently any disruption to the ecosystem that deep where these animals live can throw off their highly, highly sensitive vibrational hearing problems. And then that somehow apparently is giving them a problem. But long story short, let's say they're not related. There is an eerie correlation between the time that they started testing the floor in this exact area and the time that all these whales started showing up on the beach dead. So let's say they're not related at all. One did not cause the other because they say correlation is not causation, meaning just because it happened at the same time, they mean one caused the other. I'll totally accept that. It would still just be the weirdest probability I've ever seen on the Jersey Shore. And I surfed in that ocean for... A long time. Surf next to the dolphins. I've had all sorts of things hit my legs <laughs> in the water and all sorts of wildlife and animals. I've fished these back bays. Like, I've grown up around this water. And having this many whales show up dead, okay, it's not from what you guys are doing. 
So then what is it from? Oh, they just hit boats. Well, I was out there in a boat in the middle of the winter fishing at the wrecks not too long ago. And when you're out there on a boat fishing out there, there's not, you can't even see other boats. It's not like there's millions of boats out there in the wintertime. It's freezing. We're going out to try to catch some fish on a wreck. It was a sunny day, and like there was us and two other boats out at the wrecks. But otherwise, you've got an entire ocean. There's no boats out there. Right. You know, there's, there's the dredge out there right now because they're dredging. You know, there's some commercial boats obviously traveling. But how all of a sudden are all these whales just hitting boats? As if there was some sort of like massive boat parade coming through, hitting all the whales. I mean, whales don't, boats only go under the water five foot, 10 foot, 15 foot, 20 foot for a real big boat. Why are all the whales swimming at the top of the water getting hit by boats? They don't see the boat coming anymore. They can't hear it. Like, what, what is it? So that's their only excuse is, oh, they're just getting hit by boats. Don't worry about it. And it's like, what's wrong with you people? Like, perhaps it's not from that, but, like, what is it from? Like, why do we not need an answer? Why is it just like, well, we don't know what it is, but we're certain it's not from that. How can you be so certain? Well, they said it was safe. Who, the people making billions of dollars putting them in said it was safe? Right? Should, should the information that we get and trust come from the people making profit off of it? I don't think so. Should it come from the politicians who get funded by those people? I don't think so. And that's the whole idea of a third-party study of bringing in separate experts and stuff like that. But our government's gotten corrupt to the point where we can't really trust what they say because it's all interwoven. It's appointed positions by politicians whose elections are supported by the people that are making the money off the work that's being done. And it's all this backdoor deal stuff. So it's only natural that we'll be suspicious because the correlation demands it. And then when the government releases a, oh, it's, it's, it's not from that. It's like, we didn't ask you if it was from that. We want to know what's going on. Right? We spend some answers. We spend all this money on, like, studying the ocean, the ocean floor, all these grants with our taxpayer money. I mean, gosh, we had a whole college right here where there's just, they pump out, like, 3,000 students a year that are marine biologists. How come nobody knows what's going on? <laughs> yeah. We probably got 150,000 marine biologists in this area from this school, and nobody knows what's going on. I mean, it's right here. Dead whales. Yeah, it's happening. Is it just this magical thing? It's happening. So I'm not a conspiracy theorist because there's dead whales. It's a fact. And, well, is my theory that it's from the drilling for the testing for the windmills? I think there's a major correlation it should be looked into. And that is science. You come up with a hypothesis, right? First you observe it. And you say, wow, this is unique and interesting. Let's find out why this is happening. Let's come up with a hypothesis of what it could be from, and then let's test that. Nope, can't test that. You're a conspiracy theorist. There's no proof that that. No, no, no. I don't have to prove it's from that. You have to prove it's not from that. Right? What's the burden of proof here? This isn't a criminal trial. It's not innocent until proven guilty. Right? It's not my job to go prove some huge corporation is doing something wrong. It's, it's a different burden of proof. The correlation is high. So it only begs the question of should it be looked into. Your wrap-up comments? Don't trust the government. <laughs> be suspicious. 
Be curious. Be curious. Ask questions. Don't get yourself emotionally wrapped up in it. Learn how to separate your emotions from your curiosity. And don't let other people control your emotions. But also don't be fully ignorant to everything that goes on around you. Because somebody can march you right towards the path of destruction. We have an obligation to seek truth and to try to find it. But you have to... You have to ask God what you're signed up to seek truth on Mm -hmm. and what things you should sign up for and be involved with and with who and make sure that you're not spending your life in full of worry, that there is joy and peace and comfort and that you can process the, the information that you're taking in in a healthy way. If not, consider looking at less information. And when you look for information... Go to DuckDuckGo. <laughs> well, that's a that's one of the good places to go. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a whole episode on different alternative sources for information. I yeah, think that would great. be a good thing to do. I can bring in a whole bunch of stuff and we can break it all down. Yeah. That'd be helpful. Sweet. Well, I'm on my way to East Palestine in a couple of days. If I come back with a third eyeball, <laughs> clearly. Look like I, Joe Rogan. Yeah, exactly. If I come back I with covered. a th- third eyeball... Uh, there would be a correlation there, but I'm not a scientist, so I'm not allowed to have an opinion. 